Hello, everyone. This is Aru Sanchez with my co-host, Aliza Abramson, and converse with anyone, anywhere. Now, guys, we're very excited because now for the next maybe couple episodes, we're going to be going over specific interview questions mm-hmm. that are the most asked during this and during almost almost every single job interview that you've gone to or will go to in the future. So stay tuned. And what's actually really cool about what we're doing is we're not just telling you, like breaking down why these people are asking the questions. We're not just breaking down how you should answer the questions, but we're also going to break down for you the psychology. How- Uh, Yes, the psychology, I'm sorry. But as well as how to make yourself stand out without being like pretentious in your answers. That's very important because once you start, like not not becoming, but once your vibe is pretentious and conceited and cocky, immediately they're going to shut down. Unless Mm -hmm. the job job description was for you to be cocky, then that's a different story. You know, it's so true. I actually, I just conducted interviews because I have another business and I did a bunch of interviews recently. Mm -hmm. And one of the people was like super, super qualified, right? But I had everyone do a phone screen beforehand and I was listening to the recording of his answers and he just sounded so like yeah, I deserve better than this job and like a million wow. things like that. And like, even though he was super qualified and probably could have done a better job than a lot of people, I was like, I don't want to work with this person. So you fired him? Well, I just didn't hire him. Oh, wow. So it doesn't matter how qualified you are. You have to make sure that you come across with a certain level of character, which we're going to go over now. Yes. So the first question uh, that we will go over on this episode, the question, the, the big question is, tell me a little bit of about yourself, Aliza. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Pancho. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Mohammed or Aurus. Whatever your name is, this is probably one of the most cliche, most asked questions in an interview. And I'll be honest, more than 85 to 90% of the times, they will ask you this question in the beginning of an interview. Now, this is not a surprise. This is not a surprise. Now, Aliza and I, we have different techniques and tactics, and we're also going to explain of uh, certain things that you can do when they ask you the, this question. Because believe it or not, a lot of people stump on this question because even though it sounds so simple and you should know and you should know a lot about yourself because you know they're asking about yourself so many people mess this part up once they mess it up it can actually ruin the entire uh, the rest of the interview process and a lot of times you even one person even after they ask you this question and you answer it if you feel like you didn't do a good j- job it affects your psyche psychologically and it affects you your mentality your mindset for also the rest of the the interview so Elise is going to start off with a with a couple things that she would do and things she's taught other people on what you should do when they ask you this question and then we're just going to go back and forth I'll say some things and then Elisa will mention some other things uh, before I actually get into that I want to break down a little bit of why this question is actually so difficult because it seems like it's like an easy like okay let's get everyone comfortable we'll talk a little bit about ourselves things like that but it has the opposite effects like teachers a lot of times are actually are at um at a mistake at an error i don't know the word i want to use there but like they're at fault there you go uh. for using this as well when they're introducing a new kid in the classroom they're like okay stand up and say like some a little thing about yourself because you have lived as yourself for so long like your entire experience has been yourself you know yourself more than anyone else in the world and you have so much information it's really hard to condense that into two seconds because you have to sort through first of all what are you comfortable sharing what is appropriate to share what is actually going to help you get the job and what is actually the truth those are just some of the things you have to sift through and they are reading waiting sitting there ready and waiting for a response right there how are you supposed to come up with that in two seconds? It's not easy. So you got to prepare beforehand because this is asked, guys. People ask this. They think that they're helping you out. They're really not, but they think that they are. So it can be a really difficult question to answer. So don't feel bad if you have a difficult time answering this question. 
Um, the first thing that we're going to go over is just a little bit of basics about um, certain traits that you should have when you're answering this question. First of all, you guys, be professional. Like, don't start talking about, I don't know, like, like what's an unprofessional thing to talk about? About uh, your rashes. Yeah, don't talk about your rashes, guys. No one wants to hear that. Um, unless, like, that's what, like, got you interested in going to, like, medical school or something like that. And mm. you're going for a doctor position, then maybe it's appropriate. But in general, people don't want to hear about your rashes. Um, so try to keep in, like, topics that people are comfortable with, right? Um, also, don't be, like, one thing that really bothers me. Now, Aurus disagrees with this a little bit, but it bothers me a lot is when people... Um, kind of look for guidance in mm. getting that answer they're like someone asks you like okay tell me about yourself they're like well what do you want to know okay you're throwing exactly the same situation back at that person and that person isn't going to be able to narrow it down either so they're going to get annoyed with you right and you don't want your interviewer ever annoyed with you right they're not going to be like oh man i have to hold his hand or her hand walking through just the basics of who are you tell me about yourself like if i have to walk them through this I'm going to have to walk them through everything else, right? And you don't want to give them the impression that you are not a capable individual. You want them to think you are the most capable, competent, uh, competent person in the world and that you won't need your hand held. But when you go and like the first question right off the bat is like, tell me about yourself. And you're like, uh, I don't know how to answer this. Mm. What do you mean? What do you want me to say? Then you come across a little bit like a little bit dumb, a little bit like. You don't know what to say ever, so you're gonna need to be held your hand like through like the most basic things. So I would say, don't do that. What do you think? So it's very interesting. I agree with you, Lisa. I, I do see, I do see why you would see this technique as something weak because it's true. If this is the first quite first or second question they ask you, and you're like, uh, I'm I'm at a crossroads here. I'm at a stump. I don't know how to answer this. Right? Then you know they could see you as not confident, as not prepared, not professional. You don't know what what to say. So it could have that effect. But now, what I was saying, I was telling to Aliza earlier, is that sometimes one, right? It's better to ask for a little bit of guidance. Right, but then get the right answer completely, mm-hmm. then to not ask for any guidance, and you know, and and then get get it completely wrong, right? That's true. But could you narrow down like how to ask for that guidance rather than like what do you want me to say? How would you narrow it down to ask for that guidance? So I think there's different ways on on how you can ask. You can ask maybe directly or indirectly. So like say let's say someone's like, oh well, tell me a little bit, bit about yourself. I love a, a line that I think you mentioned, Lisa, which you could use, and you could say like something like, well, what do people usually say? Mm. What do people usually say uh, here now? Right, you can say it kind of jokingly, and you know it, it it can it can cut you some time. You know, it it can help you out, or maybe they'll be like, I don't know. People say this and this, and based on his answer, her answer, or, or his answer, you can see if it's more casual, if it's more informal, and stuff like that. There are different ways on how you can frame this question and not necessarily say, "Well, I don't know how to answer this. Please help me." Right. But don't you think like if like if someone says like, okay, let's say you're the interviewing me and you say, okay, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and you say, well, what do people usually say? Doesn't that sound like um, two things? First of all, doesn't it sound like you're just looking for the right answer to say that they want to hear? And also that you are kind of fishing for an answer rather than coming up with your own response. How do you how do you handle that? Well, this is what I always tell people, right? Which is this. If you're going to go to an interview 
most likely they're going to ask you this question. So prepare ahead of time. Prepare, just prepare ahead of time. Get a little answer, which, but by the way, I'm going to actually going to give you guys a phenomenal tip, a phenomenal technique that, that you can use, right, to prepare for this answer when you go to an interview. But right now we're at this point. So I would just say, listen, just prepare ahead of time. Definitely. And just come up with a good answer. So when they, if they ask you and when they ask you this, you already know what, what to say. I'm just saying uh, your plan B or worst comes to worse yeah. is asking for that little guidance. Mm-hmm. Or you can say something like, say, hey, listen, listen, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm very nervous. I'm, I'm a little nervous. That's a great one. I'm a little nervous, but I'm very excited. I'm very grateful to be at, at this job interview. But when, when people, when you, when you usually ask people this question, what what specifically are you trying to find out? Mm-hmm. So see, I, w- I would go with from that approach because now you're coming from a how humble, a likability slash humble bias because you're showing humility. Mm-hmm. They see that. They see that you're not cocky, that, that you're being very honest. And this entails with the likability bias because now people see that they're going to like you more on a very unconscious, I'm sorry, in a subconscious level and give you more favor, believe it or not. You know what I actually love about that response is... Tell me. People are always nervous of sounding like they're not nervous. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy because everyone knows you're nervous. If you're not nervous, then you're cocky, right? And nobody likes that. So when you go in and someone asks you a question, it might be an easy question. You could be like, I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. You... You establish this feeling of like, wow, this person's taking this seriously. This person really wants to do well. And people want to help you out then. They want to like say like, okay, I understand. I also was there in that position. They want to give you guidance, right? So I really love that answer because you show so many things about your personality without being like, um, I don't know what to say, you know? So I'm a little bit nervous. So I would just change it a little bit instead of what do people usually say? I would say like, or what are, what are you really looking for? I would say like... I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. Do you mind, like, to be a little bit more specific? Like, do you want to know mm-hmm. about my childhood? Do you want to know about my career goals? And give them a couple options, showing that you thought of a couple things. Like, you're not just throwing it back at them. Um, and you're not looking for an answer. You're just looking to be like, okay, which general area so that I can get, because I, and then you can also throw in, because I really want to answer your question the best I can without taking up all of your time. So, do you mind being a little bit more specific for me? That is an amazing combo. I think that is the legit best answer. So, I th- but I but then again, as I mentioned earlier, Aliza, this should only be a plan B. Plan B, hundred percent, guys. Plan B. Plan yes. Should we go over plan A? Uh, yeah, plan A is to prepare, right? Obviously, it's to prepare ahead of time. But now, the technique I wanted to share with you guys, and I want to hear Aliza's thoughts on this as well. I was speaking to her about this before the podcast, which is basically. If you know that most of the time they're going to ask you this question, the way I've answered this question personally, and you guys can do the same way, is when they ask you this question, pause for three seconds, you know, because a pause always gives tension, it gives suspense, and they're like, oh my God, what is he or she going to say? What, what What's about to happen? And what I think you should do is practice at home a story, a story that has a great hook and a great ending. Mm-hmm. Right, that you can tell them, and then from that story you can transition and connect them to the to the rest of the this answer. Now, I've said this before in another podcast that if you're at an interview and you and they ask you a question, try to be between thirty seconds to a minute and a half. Yes, hundred percent. There was there was a study that I read that they saying that after you pass a minute and a half or two minutes and a half at an interview, and let's say you're only speaking. 
the interviewer or, pers- or the employer starts to doze off, believe it or not. Even though it may look like they're giving you all their attention, and they might be giving you most of the attention, but little by little, they'll start to doze off. So imagine you start going off five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Oh, no, they, they, they're not going to hire you. It's amazing people listen to our podcast. We go way past that. Oh, that is very true. But we appreciate it, guys. Guys, thank you. Wake guys, up. Wake please, up. wake up, guys. Please, <laughs> thank you. And subscribe and like our content on Instagram and YouTube. Conversation Guru. There's amazing new content, guys. Check it out. But uh, <laughs> the point is that, so you want to prepare ahead of time. So let's say you're going for, I don't know, a physical therapy job or a financial advisor job. Mm-hmm. So you could start off with, with a great hook that you practice at home. And you say, and basically at the end of the story, let, let, let's say you're applying for a PT job. And you're like, and that's why um, after I, I after I started doing physical therapy on that brown bear that, that I found in the woods in Milwaukee, right? I was like, I want to pursue this career. And that's why I'm here. I want a job here at Motion PT or wherever the name of the company is. I, but I want to work with these types of people. Or you could say, well, since the age of seven, I've been doing budgets for families and stuff like that. And then you tell them a little story. Now, of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit here. But of course, everyone, ha- everyone, everyone has a story that you can start it off with with a hook and end it with, with a great lesson and then transition. Say, and this is the reason why I'm right here and I'm very excited to be speaking in front of you uh, to have this opportunity to in- increase or increase my knowledge, uh, uh, achieve more of my career goals in this field, in this industry. I'm just giving you something at the top of, of my head. But prepare. You want to prepare an interesting story that's really going to connect with them and get them at the edge of their seat. Mm-hmm. Because people remember, remember more stories than just normal words and more than just stats Mm -hmm. people engage with stories because stories create pictures and humans are visual creatures we want to see those pictures we want to hear these these stories but make sure guys that it's a good story prepare it like don't just say a random story or a story that has like a weak to medium ending or a weak to medium hook make sure it really grabs their attention and knocks their socks off well what what do you think elisa I think you're 100% right. I was actually going to um, mention that people remember stories better than they remember um, just sentences and words and facts much better. So, yeah, it's a great way to be memorable and to uh, be unique and different. Um, what's also great about it is that you can create so many different levels of connection with the person through a story because a story has different elements, right? It's not just going to be fact, 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 right? It's going to be a struggle. There's some kind of plot. Usually there's some kind of challenge and all the different ways that you come out it, like your listener will connect to at least one of them, right? Try to get as many different types of feelings in there as you can so mm-hmm. that the listener can connect to at least one and they can feel like oh this person's like me right that's like ability bias like you were saying and people are much more likely to hire someone that they like rather than they don't like um now here's the dilemma with it guys i know me i am a terrible storyteller i don't know what it is like kids <laughs> love my stories right like i'll tell a story to a kid and they will be rolling dying in their seats an adult like it's like crickets like it just it doesn't work. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about my storytelling skills. It just doesn't work with adults. So I had to find a different way to to answer this question, even though a story is a great answer. And if you guys are good at storytelling, do it. But if you're like me and you're, you're terrible at it, what I would recommend is you, when you're answering this question, you say it in a very nonchalant type of way, right? So what I like to do is I'll make take big accomplishments I have and kind of say them as like a side point, right? Like I'll highlight 
a humbler aspect of my story, but make sure to um, to put in side things. Like, for example, like I have a black belt and I competed for the U.S., right? So I'll say like I taught karate and I had an amazing time working with kids and building their confidence. And, you know, um, I, I, I represented the U.S. for a bit and I competed at an international level. And it really helps me so that I was able to to take those skills and pull it into my teaching. Right. The emphasis I was putting was on the teaching of the kids. Yes. But the side point was this really interesting thing of like, oh, representing the U.S. and karate. So what that does is it creates an intrigue, right? It creates this of like, who is this person? And if they think those things aren't such a big deal, what else have they done in their life that they think that that's such a small deal? And then all of a sudden they're they're going to start thinking and being like, who who is this person? And trying to figure you out a little bit more. Yes. I have a, I have a question for you, Elise, about this. Yeah. So do you think a person when they had an interview, they should use this technique for every question that, that, the, that the employer asks them? And... And if it's a yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. How else can someone build curiosity? Because this technique is all about is, is it, a part of it is building curiosity, yeah. and then wanting to know more about you, so they're getting interested in you. Yes, um, I don't think you should use this for every single one. I think you can use this for a lot of them, but anything that you use many times in an interview. It's going to get tired. It's going to get boring. And people are like, oh, this person's just full of it. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. So you have to have variety, right? Like you have to have a little bit of different things. Now, there's actually this line in this book called, um, um, I forget, the chapters of our fathers, right? And it actually talks about the symbols of a wise person. And one of them is that they answer the question they are asked, right? You got to do that in an interview, right? You have to answer the question that's asked. So if that question gives you the flexibility to answer like we have, do that for a couple. Don't do it for every question because then your interview is going to last forever. The person's going to be not really wanting to have another interview with you, even though it was super interesting because they have other things to do. And they're like, oh, this one took like three hours. I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. So when it's like a yes, no question answer yes no show that you can have short answers as well as long answers show that that multifaceted element of you don't just say okay i need long big answers for everything no if they're asking you can you start on friday you don't need to give them a whole spiel right you can say like yes or no that's what you got to do you got to have a little bit of both because they need to see that you have both qualities in you what do you think? Yes, a hundred percent. If you can give them a mix, mm-hmm. because if they're o- if they know that they're that you're always gonna give them a long answer, first of all, you become predictable. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's like, oh my god, let's say like like they're getting tired already, and they're like, okay, I don't want any more long answers. Either they're gonna cut you off or say, okay, maybe let's see what happens for next time, which mm-hmm. most likely will be no, exactly. or they're gonna start to doze off. But if you can give short answers and long answers, a minute and a half or less, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're, I think, you're on the straight path. Exactly. And I think another thing to top it off is you always want to try to like, let's say they ask you this question, tell me a little bit about yourself and you give them the answer. At the end, you can always throw in and say, and you know, these things are about me, but I'm just curious because, you know, if I get the opportunity to work here, which will be amazing and I'll be very honored and excited, just want to know me one or two things about you. Mm-hmm. Um and for example, let's say you heard things about this person or about the company or or about their position in this company, how valuable they are. They're, you could say like, listen, I heard that you have a certain reputation. They call you like, they call you like Mr. Macho or they call hmm. you uh, the, the million dollar woman. I'm just curious. Why, why do they call you? Why do they call you that? So now 
you threw the conversation. It's like it's like if they threw you a heavy ball. Now you're throwing the heavy ball back onto their court, and now they are going. Now they have to decide what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And people love love are addicted to speaking about themselves and hearing their voices and talking about their lives and about their reputation, mm-hmm. especially if they have a good reputation. Hint at it. Push it so they can open the door and they can show you how great they are, mm-hmm. right? And guess what? Your interview will probably go from five minutes to maybe 15, 20 because guess what? They are taking a lot of the portion out of it. Yeah. And you get them speaking and they'll speak about their re- re- their reputation and and, w- and what good. got them. And they'll feel good about themselves. And they're like, man, there's something about Aliza or about others I really like. Well, it's just because we gave them the opportunity to speak where a lot of people don't have that opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100% on that. Um Another point I actually wanted to mention was um, that you you displayed a little bit when you were talking is passion, mm, right? Yes. You don't want to seem blasé or bland to the person, right? And it can't just be that you're interested. You have to have passion for the job, right? Mm. You have to show that you're excited for this job. Now, this particular trait you have to have with a balance right because no one wants someone who's like i decided when i was three years old i'm gonna work at this place i'm gonna have these hours and this is what i'm gonna do and if i don't get it i'm gonna i'm gonna be a stalker and you guys are gonna have to call the police on me like no one wants to have sometimes people give over that impression Mm. so you don't want to seem extreme in your passion you want to seem like you are excited for this like this would be really cool you would really enjoy this, mm-hmm. right? So you want to give over that. So you like you the way that you said it was very good. Like you talked about how you're excited for this position, and you showed as well that it's not just that you're saying it for the interview because you actually researched a little bit and you mentioned that it would be great to work here, things like that. That's conveying a little bit of passion, right? With a little bit of effectiveness behind it. You don't want to have too much passion, but you need to show a little bit of passion at the mm-hmm. same time. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Elise. I really do. I love that part, um, the part where you mentioned about that. Uh, what was the first thing you mentioned about? Uh, crazy? Yes, about not being crazy. Because when you give off this this vibe, like my life has been destined for this and I want to do this, I want to do this. Okay, that's great you want to do this. But what if they don't hire you for whatever reason? Mm-hmm. What is your life over now? And and then believe it or not, if yeah, you, you co- want them to sound like you're threatening them to get this position or you're going to do something drastic. And also, if you come at it with this angle, and let's say the person realizes that you're coming so aggressively and they don't hire you, they might not even like you as much because now you're making them feel guilty indirectly. Mm-hmm. No one wants to feel guilted. No one wants to feel guilty. So they're like, oh, they, they, this person's off. They're wrong. They're crazy. Or whatever the case is. But yeah. But uh, at least I think, I think these are some good tips. Yeah. Yeah. On definitely on how to answer the question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Again, sounds so simple, but can be so tricky. Extremely tricky, guys. But this should give you a little bit of background as to what to do. But guys, for sure, research a couple of good stories beforehand or a couple of interesting facts you can put in sideways, like I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Any last words, Aliza? It's not actually that hard a question, guys. Don't overthink it. Plan beforehand and then say it. Yeah, that's simple. It really is that simple. Guys, please, when you have a chance, like this video, share this video, tell your friends to follow us. Please, uh, guys, please, please. Listen to other episodes on we speak about interviewing, public speaking, conversation, anything we cover to do. pretty much any topic that you have to talk in. We, we have, where you have to speak, basically, yeah. or any environment. So, yeah. guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And, of course, till next time.